Welcome to Big Feelings Full Calling 90 Day Fiance, a podcast where two friends recap a TV show suggested by a stranger on the internet. Because it's Rona Times and I can't deal with true crime right now. So instead, please join us as we consume, digest, and regurgitate the Learning Channel's 90 Day Fiance. Excitement, thrills, season eight, episode one. I'm Lo, and I'm here with my friend Sean. Did you catch the title of this episode? No, what the title should have been. Give me that. We'll get to that. I think I got I got my favorite quote from this episode. It's something, it's quasi-banal. Oh, that describes this show to a T. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage, quasi-banal. Oh, you are right. You are right. I thought the episode was called I Think You're My Future Wife, but it looks like episode one is just called episode one. Just like Star Wars. I am really struggling with Brandon looks like someone and I cannot figure out who it is. It's like a character actor that's been in some stuff that's not Christian Bale, though he does kind of remind me of Christian Bale, but Empire of the Sun era Christian Bale. Okay. 12-year-old Christian Bale. I was about to say he was 12. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So Brandon, oh my gosh, we're getting ahead of ourselves. So yeah, we're here to talk about the exciting season eight premiere that Sean and I have been like fully on board for. I watched some of the three hours of pregame content yesterday, which basically I realized means I watched like half the show and then I had to rewatch it. I mean, I got to rewatch it. I'm just, what, okay, so was pre-game content just clips of what you'd be watching when you actually, okay. Yeah, it's basically the first hour of the show spread out over three hours and and looped over and over again, starting at five o'clock. Do they just pad the content with advertising or like? Oh, yeah. And I think it was just, like I said, it's basically the first hour of the show broken up into two chunks and then like repeated over and over ad infinitum because they're like you know what it's three o'clock you're drunk right it's sunday you won't notice welcome to the learning channel uh why are we so blind to see that the ones we hurt are you and me am i right it's way too early for lana del rey i'll tell you that (laughs) no but it's we're we're good with coolio right oh okay okay (laughs) Sure. I thought maybe that was Alana. All right. So let's let's get into these delightful new people. I already feel like it's like last season was vinegar. And, you know, this is just going down a little easier. It smells a little less weird, except for, well, we'll get to the one that freaks me out. I'm glad that so far, 50% of the couples introduced are at least in their 20s. Yeah. The kind of desperation isn't there like you know the kind of the need to have kids or the need to the need for something these people could could actually like correct course and in one of their cases like it looks like it's just going to be like a a bomb on an epic scale but it needs to bomb you know it can't be like anna and mersal a symphony of red flags that they ride off into the sunset well yeah you're 27 go ahead and fuck your life up you can still put it back together i think you nailed it. There's way less anxiety because there aren't a lot of children that we have met that are going to be affected by these bad decisions. Yes, that's huge. Yeah. And like you said, people are in their, you know, late 20s. So 
I don't know. Maybe we'll meet all the baby weirdos in this in the next episode. Yeah, being in your mid twenties is a great time to be a fuck up. Oh yeah, that's what your twenties are for. Set it on fire, piss it out, and set it back on fire as soon as it dries. Even people who like try to do well in their mid twenties, it's like Saturn return is twenty seven to thirty, but it's like yeah. you know life really throws you some boomerangs at that time. Especially, only imagine people who are graduating college or grad school right now. Oh, honey. Yeah, the stakes are way lower. I'm just really adamant about that, too, of like, go, you go ahead and fuck up your life. But again, when you're getting into like people who are dependent on you for their survival. No, it's not as cute of a look. Speaking of cute, let's meet Brandon 27 from Dinwiddie, Virginia. Uh, honey, I think before we get into that, can you hear the witches cackling on the heath? You get... <laughs> The ominous portent of the the flash forward of Natalie packing her bags and leaving Lost Squimus, yeah. um, <laughs> you know, t- big eyes full of tears. Um, She's stunning. She has very large eyeballs uh, with which to cry. She is stunning. And I also feel for a very, um, you know, a, a naturally exploitative show. I feel very strange watching her. There's a lot of moments with her where I feel like I should turn away. It's a bit too much. I, I don't know. Well, that initial speed bag of flash forwards. Yeah, we have Natalie crying and talking about traveling during coronavirus. And I think that's what's hard to watch, too. You and I were watching this during quarantine, but it was last season when you really didn't see much of it addressed. And now you've got these people traveling to meet each other wearing masks and... Natalie says that line about like, you know, I have to do this with this coronavirus going on. And, you know, no man who loved me would do this to me. It's the coronavirus season of 90 Day Fiance, everybody. Yay. It's unfortunate because it's all all of these kind of vague accusations, these mm. Laganja Estranja accusations. I don't know what you, you said about me, but I'm sure you said it at some time and I feel very attacked. You yeah. Know? You'll never know what you've done to me. And then when she's given a platform to be articulate, she can't explicate exactly why she's making these accusations. Like, I don't know. It's She's tough to watch. You know, we open with that, like a Saw film or something. Oh, yeah. It was very speed bag barrage. <laughs> like heavy metal double bass drum. <laughs> yeah. So it's going to be a fun season. I'm, I'm excited now are you ready (laughs) okay i have to say that there in like 1998 there was a lou diamond phillips vehicle released called bats okay and it had this trailer that was soundtracked by like this new metal group and the song was like bats 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 they're gonna get you bats 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 they're gonna suck you dry and I, the only place you can find this song is on that trailer, and it is not on YouTube. <laughs> but I think about it on a quasi-regular basis. Okay. <laughs> is that what you were thinking of while you were watching Brandon27 from Tinwoody, Virginia, crawl around in somebody's crawl space and spray toxic chemicals all over the place? Absolutely, yes. <laughs> you were like, spider eggs, they're gonna get you. But he loves it. It takes him places and he sees things. I love that we wrote the same quote down. Yeah, I get to go all kinds of places and see all kinds of new stuff. Yeah, all kinds of crawl spaces and places where roaches and rats are living. Okay, Brandon, way to silver line in that job. 
in Virginia too. I bet he's yeah. seen some some deeply haunted shit. But he's a farm boy, so it probably doesn't really phase him. He's he's probably seen a lot. Not the job for me, I tell you what. He's so yeah, he's a farm boy. His family has a kennel where they breed dogs. Did you catch the name of the kennel on uh, his mother Betty's Sherpa jacket? No, what was it? Von Brandenhaus German Shepherds. <laughs> I think those are German Shepherds. I don't know. They could be Belgian Malinois, but with the name like Von Brandenhaus, I'm guessing that they're German Shepherds. I do find that the family business being breeding is um, also an interesting piece of foreshadowing that colors the rest of the episode. Yeah, it looks like a pretty big farm and it looks like it's just him and Ron and Betty, his mom and dad, and they have like every animal. I saw chickens, I saw horses, there was a lot of dogs. It's a lot of work. Were there cows? Did you see cows? I'm, sh- I'm sure there were. I mean, pigs, we definitely saw pigs. Um, yeah, that's what, the, that's, what? That's, that's the interrupting cow. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I did also write in my notes that I felt that Brandon bears a striking resemblance to Blair St. Clair. Yes. Of what was that? Drag Race Season 10? I believe so. Yes. And it it didn't help when he talked about how his friends referred to him as small and cute. <laughs> I'm assuming these are female friends? He got friend-zoned by every girl he was interested in. And yeah. usually... The follow-up to that story is, and then I realized I was gay. But in this case, maybe he's getting his mind blown. That's what I'm thinking. Well, he got something blown. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> his he does have a he does have a young face, but he's got like a man's body. Oh yes, he does. In those like, Iceland pictures. Yeah. Mm. Well, farm farm work. You get shredded. You know, it's a, it's CrossFit every morning before he goes to then crawl around and spray poison under people's houses. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of like, oh, I, w- I would like to see a topless Brandon picture. Just curiosity. When you see him in that long-sleeved Henley, there's not much left mm. to the imagination. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you think you'd like to play some Connect the Dots, Sean? No, I just, he's a filthy slut. Like we'll get to we'll get to that. We're not there yet, but it is coming. Oh, okay. So Ron and Betty, they're awesome, but I wouldn't want to be their child. And they signed him up for farmers only. And I loved Betty's line about how like, oh, we picked out the cutest picture of you with a pygmy goat. And he goes, yeah, you did. <laughs> and then he says, well, thankfully, I never had to use it because I met Julia through a friend. I need to know more about this because. Julia is a go-go dancer who's also done pageants and bodybuilding competitions. Yeah. She's not a stripper. She's in Goddess. At the Stardust. (laughs) That's right. Oh, my God. What did you think about the clips of her go-go dancing? She looks, um, what was, what used to get lobbed at Joan Crawford for her dancing? Like, it's, it's very, it looked very, like, strong. Yeah. She's more Tanya Harding than Nancy Kerrigan. Let's say that. No, I felt like that's the dancing also reminded me of Showgirls. Like, I wanted to put that music that they were always dancing to (laughs) behind that clip of her go-go dancing, just to see how it would work. The music that was playing, like, when the volcano goes off and they're all in the gold and they're shimmying. Not the denouement music, but the, like, boat show music. (laughs) Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-
could work a boat show. That's a loaded sentence. So, yeah, she got denied her her regular visitor visa, so they had no option but to get a K-1, which I think is weird because it's like, oh, hey, I'm interested in this person. I want to bring them over for a visit. It's like, no, you have to marry them. But who knows? Bureaucracy. I feel like Brandon has his head screwed on pretty tight, actually. Mm -hmm. I think it's I think it's revealed more in some later scenes. But um, I think his mom keeps tightening it. Really? I mean, I don't I I see a man boy. I guess how, how much does he know that he's kind of like playing with fire? Well, he's playing with something. We'll talk about that scene later. <laughs> I think I just texted you like, Jesus Christ, Betty. So they've done some stuff. They've traveled a little bit together. They got engaged in Iceland. That looked beautiful. So far, these people's stories don't gross me out. Not in a way that Robert and Annie did. So they went to France so that their families could meet each other. So this is already a lot more stuff than a lot of these people, other people did. I agree um, on, on both of those accounts. Yes. Yeah. So his folks like her, but they're understandably suspicious. Um, and then we see the WhatsApp video call where Julie is like, hi, love, do you see my suitcases? And then no, uh, no, 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 honey. This is my, this is my favorite. Do it. Do it. Look at my baggage, my love. That sums up this entire show. Mm-hmm. I think that's the most brilliant thing I've heard uttered on this show. Look well, at my baggage, my love. Followed by the sentence, you buy me all I not take. <laughs> and she says something basically like, or I'll get angry and you wouldn't like me when I'm angry. So watch out. Oh, yeah. She hulk, go-go dancer coming your way. So he reveals that in a very Mike from Squim-esque situation, He said he started out in the black when he started dating Julia, but he spent over $10,000 in seven months between paying for all her plane tickets and then the costs of the visa. I really feel like Ron and Betty were right, and he should have just fucking tried farmers only. I don't understand why these rural farm people keep trying to bring over, like, urban, dynamic women who want to have that life. And turn them into farmhands. Like, you know what? Get on Farmer's Annie and get an Anna. Farmer's Annie. Get on Farmer's <laughs> Annie. We should just call it that. Get on- <laughs> Just a, a direct line from, like, Missouri to the Dominican Republic. Sure. I don't think Annie... Oh, my God. Can you imagine Annie shoveling shit on a farm? Not, not that angel in a denim jumpsuit. No. I can see the face she would make when she oh, would God. Be asked to do it. She'd be like, no, that hurt me mental. I- <laughs> so yeah, Betty's like, well, I hope that she likes getting out here at the crack of dawn as much as we like it. Yeah, that's going to be fun. That's going to be a lot of fun. I love Julia, though. I love her face. I think she's super cute. She seems like a lot of fun, but she's... She's an agent of chaos, I think. Okay, are we ready for our next contestant? I think we are. It's so refreshing to not be dreading these people, isn't it? Yeah, well, they're still new to us. We've we've got two more episodes before we'll start loathing people. I know. Let's let's, <laughs> let's take a let's bask in this moment. Exciting and new. Oh yes, I know. Let's <laughs> the moment before you hate them for eternity yeah there we go it's our first date we've just shaved our legs and we're all powdered and fresh we've put on our most sensual fragrance so that we can talk about jovi who's 29 and from new orleans 
My initial notes on Jovi were just glug glug fish and teeth. Because he wakes up, it seems like it's very early in the morning. He's getting ready to go fishing. And he's like, oh, there's only two beers in the fridge. Cracks one of them open. And then he commences to fish and he's from the swamp. This is just, God, I, I can't believe I'm saying this. But it's like, he looks like he's up to absolutely no good. And I want to party with him. Oh, man. We all know Jovi can party. Everything about that guy says party, especially his teeth. Do you think he's had them like broken in a bar fight and they're like reconstructed? Ooh. They don't look like veneers. They look they look like they're just naturally like very oddly straight. Yeah, I like that story. I don't know. Or he could just have like insane teeth. But Jovi's straight up from the bayou. Super fun, right? I was like, ooh, Sean's going to be excited. We have a New Orleans person on here. But then also the guys on that fishing boat were cute. <laughs> I didn't even notice them. I, I did. I just had um, <laughs> Credence Clearwater Revivals Born on the Bayou stuck in my head the whole time. Jovi's from the swamp. He likes hunting fish and food and family. He spent his summers on shrimp boats. And now he's a underwater robotics person. Yeah. I forgot his job title. I just wrote that down. Um, which, I mean, that's pretty fucking cool. Like, ooh, it's like, it's like Jovi is great. Sure. Uh, I would not want to date him. I would not want my daughter to date him. I would not want any of my friends to date him. But do I want to go to the titty bar with Jovi? Yes, I do. He's a bad boy. I mean, those gums, how much cocaine has been smeared on those gums? <laughs> And by how many people? Jerry Blank probably made him some glint. <laughs> Shit. You know? <laughs> he's, he's rubbed a lot on those gums. Oh, I, you know it. I never really understood the allure of that kind of thing. I think it took coronavirus for me to... Gums? Like, to understand gums, really. No, just kind of like the, the appeal of like someone who's just like up to no good. You have a place for them in your life, but that place is very well insulated from any ability to destroy your life because they are wrecking balls and they they fuck shit up. And I think we're going to see that. Oh, yeah. This this relationship is doomed. It's going to be spicy and I'm going to eat it even though I know it's going to hurt me later. It's the um, the Chipotle sausage. You thought it would be medium heat, but it is high heat. Mm, it is a gordita with Diablo sauce. So Jovi, you know, the first thing you want to think is like, oh, he's from the bayou, blah, blah, blah. But, but he's well-traveled because his underwater robotics job takes him all over the world. And he basically works one month on, one month off. And then he'll just stay wherever he's at for his month off and check it out. So, I mean, that sounds like a pretty dope life. In his travels, he actually physically met in real life... I mean, I think that deserves some recognition. No, totally. That's another reason for uh, hope. Yeah. Or just, well, no, this relationship is I hopeless. know, but, but still, it, it's kind of not necessarily hope for their relationship, but hope for me as the viewer that I may actually enjoy watching <laughs> what's unfolding before me a, a little more. Anna and Mersal, that was just, I don't want to just watch a family being irrevocably Ugh. torn apart. With Google Translate. With Google Translate and Ewok hugs, not uh. into the fantasy. So at least this is, it's easier for me to take. Hope for me and all other viewers. 
And also, I have to qualify, they did meet in real life, but they still met through, like, a, a hookup app, it sounds like. Yeah. For people who are traveling and, and want to do that on their vacay. They met on Grinder. Yeah, it's straight Grinder. Are there straight people on Grinder? No, there's not straight people it's on Grinder. It's for the gays, right? Yeah, Scruff and Grinder. those are sacred spaces, right? I'm pretty sure. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I don't I don't know what the, what the exact rules are, but it's like I see pretty much exclusively gay men. Um, okay, so Jovi and Yara, <laughs> they meet on their vacation fucking app, and um, they hooked up, and he makes sure that we know they had really good sex, um, and then they traveled the world and partied together. This all looks pretty fun. And in the pictures of them traveling together, she looks dynamic and interesting and and juicy and full of life. And the other thing is, it's like they are traveling the world together and they yeah. are spending time together. This isn't yes. like I took a step off a cruise ship and Ugh. banged this girl for 45 minutes and now I want her to marry me. You yeah. know, this is a little different. And there is that typical adage about being able to travel with someone is supposed to be a great test of a relationship. I don't know how much that's really true. Yeah. It does take effort. It's not by any means an easy thing to do. Yeah. And he, he describes her as high maintenance. So hmm. they go to Bali, they go to the Dominican Republic. Doesn't sound like they met Annie. He said that they must have just been getting a little too fast and loose on their traveling together because Yara got pregnant. So then he says that he thought she was trying to trap him at first, but then he kind of settled into it. And he did an underwater proposal in Cuba. I mean, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And then uh, unfortunately, Yara has a miscarriage. And so he talks about how he kind of processed it and decided that he actually still wanted to marry her. He seems very shocked himself. <laughs> like, huh, yeah, I still want to marry her. I don't know. When he does his like one-on-ones to the camera or whatever they the talking head moments, he talks as though he's trying to convince himself to go through with his future actions. Yeah, like he's he's talking like he's trying to convince himself to do what he's put before him. There's a unease in those moments. Yeah, unfortunately, I think that Jovi just sees this as like another adventure to embark upon. And I think as we both know, marriage, it can be, but it it shouldn't be viewed as like a, sure, yeah, let's try this. But again, at least there's no kids involved. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. So we meet his mom. She's kind of weirdly shut down. I don't think his mom likes being filmed. She just seems very uncomfortable with everything, and especially Yara and I think that she also wishes he had used farmers only because she wanted him to meet a nice Southern girl that could hunt and fish with him. And Yara ain't that. Is that really so necessary? It's always what other what other people like voice their wishes upon their offspring or other people. There is a knee jerk reaction, I think, to expect people to partner up with people who who share all of their interests. And I think that sometimes you see this dynamic of hunting and fishing and da guy with this super duper girly girl, but she still seems like she's up for stuff because it looked like they had been hiking and they'd done like zip lines or some shit and she's scubas. So she's high maintenance, but she's not like, yeah, I'm not going to do that. There's like fish in there. Rush tilapia. <laughs> Serve it up. I mean, on the other hand, too, it's like those proud rural hunt and fishing girls 
are there's a shitload of them out there, and I don't, I don't know. Go get well, one. Well, I mean, we'll learn in later scenes with Jovi that it yeah. sounds like he has some some other extracurricular interests <laughs> that seem to hold a lot of his attention that don't involve hunting or warm. I'm I'm going to stop there. Yeah, but um, we'll see that in the in a bit. Oh, he's a hunter, <laughs> and he's a fisherman. He's getting that fresh fish. Play some Rick James in the background. And I'll take <laughs> off my shirt. Like let's make let's let's make it happen. The other thing I wanted to say too about Jovi, he got them a place to live together in anticipation of her arrival. Yeah. Hallelujah. Even though this thing is going to crash and burn, they're doing it at the right age and they're doing it correctly. Yeah. For some reason, Jovi just gives me like six wife vibes. And I bet one of them he'll have married before, you know, like, I think Mm. he's just that guy. He's like Elizabeth Taylor. I got some like, horrible Mersal flashbacks from this next dude (laughs) saying, I want to kiss you. Every, I don't know when that like set of images was filmed, but I want them to stop using them because I throw up in my mouth every time. Oh God! He uh, let's do a proper introduction to this woman, but then like him, I can't. Yeah, let's. Okay, sorry. Okay, yeah, she's forty-seven or forty-nine. I don't. She doesn't know, Um, and she's from Canton, Georgia. She's a restaurant manager. She manages a really yummy-looking chicken place, and she is engaged or whatever the fuck to Zayed who is from Tunis, Tunisia, and he is 26. So that is, uh, I think she finally did figure out that she is 49. So there is a 22 year difference. Later in the episode, her daughter said, refers, I, I wrote this quote because I loved how she said it, but just she referred to him as her mother's, um, her 28 year old Tunisian lover. Yeah. Oh, I loved that too. I wrote that down because it was in a later segment, but she's like, I don't want to live with my mom and her 20." six-year-old Tunisian lover. It's like, that's right, Tiffany. Yeah. Okay, so, Rebecca, she is a former private investigator, former motorcycle mechanic, who currently is the general manager of Joella's Hot Chicken. I just want to eat all these things. I wanted to eat the fish that Jovi was frying up with his mom. Was that catfish? I I don't know. It was whatever fish he had caught that day. And I was like, I want to be Cajun. Um, I want someone to just show up and fry me up some fish and put it in front of my face. Fry me up some fish. Put it in my face. Jovi, fry me up some fish. Shocker, they met on Facebook. I just, are these like all like cold friend requests that these people get? At least Anna and Marcel met in a Facebook group about their shared interests. I don't know. Rebecca photographs stunningly well. Wouldn't you agree? Like she knows how to get a good picture of herself. Are you are you making a funny? She has like pictures of herself just like around. <laughs> but she knows how to get a good selfie. And they're all like above, you know, her phone is clearly like above her head. But she can she knows how to how to work it and get a decent photo of herself. To but they're put. they're insanely filtered. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. She's got all the tricks. Oh, okay, okay. I I, I thought you were being sincere, like she, like no. she's just like this naturally photogenic. I was like, what? Well, okay. You know, she she makes herself. Hey, time marches on for us all, and I think that she did look like that 20 years ago, but now she's almost 50. So yeah, we get all these like Mersal esque 
kind of sensual, uncomfortable video chat flashbacks with Zayed. Oh, and I liked his cock hat. Did you know, did you clock the cock? <laughs> oh God. <laughs> I hate those hats. Those are like a gay resort town staple. Because <laughs> there's always one that says like bull. And there's like cock and yeah. It's just like, <laughs> <laughs> Probably one of the cat that says pussy. Pussy. <laughs> yeah. So there's a whole thing. She wears a tank top in Tunisia and it was like super not chill. They flash back to Zayed just like freaking out on someone for looking at her. Which I'm like, you know, I'm not that much younger than Rebecca here. And I'm going to take any opportunity to cover my upper arms. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Uh, She doesn't, though. She insists on going out to a bar in a tank top in a Muslim country. And we also find out that she's a K-1 visa veteran. So she's a um, repeat offender. (sighs) Oh, But her her history is kind of like, oh boy. Yeah, this is the second time she's married an Arabic man half her age. We see Zayed's sister, who just kind of shows up and aggressively stares at her via WhatsApp. The sister doesn't like her. Girl, shady sis. Shady sister. I liked her, and I I liked her glasses. She had cute cat eyes. Oh, that was some wild shit. Shady, shady, shady Mm. sister. Oh, she was fun. She kind of reminded me of Tanya's sister, Tiana, who I also loved. Bleh. Nah. We're still grossed out from Rebecca and Zayed. There's something about Zayed. It's weird. I keep looking at him like, you know what? His eyes are pretty. I'm not saying he's unattractive, but there's something that is powerfully off-putting. No, yeah, I get about him. I get a very smarmy vibe from him not mm, sleazy okay. there's a difference i get a i get a sleazy yeah. vibe from jovi i get no jovi's I get, a, I get a smarmy vibe from zayed as in like there's yeah. nothing sexy about it like there I, I think his hair plays a big part i'm just like his hair is gross oh oof his hair his, let me say this you wake up next to Jovi and you're like, oh my God, what happened last night? What did we do? You wake up next to Zayed and you're like, oh my God, what happened last night? What did we do? Do I still have both kidneys? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Why, why am I chained to a radiator? Why is there all this blood? Um, <laughs> <laughs> is that Jigsaw? <laughs> why is Natalie here? Um, yeah. <laughs> I just wrote all all mine like the Portishead song down because doesn't he one of his things like <laughs> you're all mine? Ugh, yeah. Or does she say that about? No, him? he said that. Yeah, it's just kind of like oh, here another younger possessive Ugh. lover. Oh, and I like that he her name is Rebecca. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed that he basically calls her Apricot? <laughs> no, but that's her name now. That's her name is Apricot. <laughs> We've like, got. Just, just listen to him say Rebecca. He says apricot. Yeah, apricot. Okay. Apricot. <laughs> it's like, okay. Uh, well, are you ready to go back to Squim and watch Mrs. Doubtfire? Can you just, my God. Ominous portent. Like, I can hear, <laughs> I can hear like, the start of, like, gold dust woman as we descend upon Squim. Yeah, I think they use kind of the open license version. 
Well, it looks like Mike got a kitty. He's really into his kitty cat, which is super cute. You know, Uncle Bo's there. The gang's all here. So it shows him kind of just back and swim, sad. You can tell he's just kind of like, okay, what now? Kind of just putting his shit back together. You know, he hasn't really talked to Natalie that much. And he gets a call. (gasps) Good news, Sean. (laughs) A proper diagnosis would be some great news. (laughs) Have you heard the good news? Natalie is coming. Oh, God. It's the return of Natalie. There's so many, like, degrees of disconnection. The synapses aren't firing. It's just so Mm. bizarre. Oh, yeah. Natalie was freaking me out because she was talking to him like everything was great. And that the whole second half of last season or whatever didn't happen. And aren't you excited, my love? He's just like... Uh, yeah, he's like, I'm feeling a lot of things right now. God, I love Mike. (laughs) He's very conflicted, though. He's very ambivalent. He just kind of crams the ring, like, on top of some shelves. Yeah, when they show him holding it later, it's, like, dusty with hairs on it. there's lint on it. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, I hope that wasn't, like, his... Wasn't that his grandma's ring, too? Yeah. Put it in your sock drawer or something, dude. I don't know. It's like, I'm putting this ring up on the shelf in the back of my closet along with all my hopes and dreams. Inside my inside a Thorlo sock. <laughs> okay, so she finally, her visa finally comes through. We don't know why it was so delayed. I don't know. Maybe she's an assassin. And she has to come out within 20 days, which he was also like, oh, he was so not stoked. Oh, God, and we we got to sit with him inside that car and just just the agony. I take back that Brandon seems to have his head screwed on tight. That was stupid. I do think that Mike sees things very clearly. Yeah, she's unhinged to a certain degree, and now this thing is coming in, and it's like, it's really messy because he might still have feelings for her, Mm -hmm. but they're really damaged and destroyed. Mm Mm-hmm. She is only getting nuttier. Like, this is some Shakespearean shit. You know, there are witches on the heath. Yeah, his his walls are up. He is so guarded. And all she is doing is, like, berating him for being guarded. Instead of trying to scale those walls and get, get inside and, like, repair shit. I think that Natalie is just living proof that reality can be completely subjective. <laughs> I mean, although let's both acknowledge we should just even have like a disclaimer at the beginning of the show. Yes, this is completely selectively edited. Yes, things happen off camera. Of course, these are human beings. Okay. We're talking about a show. Yeah. This is a show. Yeah. So from what we're seeing. There's really no difference between actors and these people. I'm not attacking people personally. I don't know these people personally, and I'm not invested in them personally. I'm just looking at what I'm seeing, and this is a very bizarre premise, and, you know, I'm sure I'll I'll probably say something hateful about somebody on the show, and then the next episode, the producers will reveal that they were like Mother Teresa's body double between like (laughs) 1994 and 1996 oh yeah we're we're veterans now right like yeah the veil has been lifted from our eyes and we know what we're dealing with i still haven't watched the um second half of the reunion show but it's so funny to me to be editing the podcast about last season and it's like oh yep i was right about that i was right about that 
<laughs> I was right about that. Because um, I haven't gotten to the point yet about where they talk about Michael and Sarah. Oh, God. Oh, that was uncomfortable. Sarah. Yeah. So I have yet, I have that to look forward to. Are we ready to go back to Dinwiddie? <laughs> I love you, saying it. It's fun. Yes, we are. Please. Get on the truck to Dinwiddie. Let's all go to Dinwiddie. I'm doing a musical number. Yeah, it sounds like um, where Christmas in the Square could have taken place. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> We're just here in Dinwiddie. Oh, man, that was... <laughs> okay, so Brandon's still 27 and living in Dinwiddie, getting ready for Julia. His parents are making them stay in separate rooms. It's not like they're super strict. They're bo- They basically are just like... We don't want to hear you fucking in our house. It will be gross for us. And I concur. Yes. And his mom says something like, they're going to do it. They're going to find a way. But we just don't want to know about it. Mm -hmm. So Betty's. Oh, man. I mean, are you ready to get on the Betty coaster? (laughs) Forget the Incredicoaster. Let's get on the Betty coaster. We're not talking about getting on the Betty Coaster as an endorsement of her. <laughs> no. I'm actually very firmly team Brandon. And, yeah. all, and this, this scene especially is some wild shit. Well, the funny thing is, too, is I'm watching this show, this 45 minutes of content turned into a two-hour show. And I, I saw over and over again commercials for another learning channel show called I, I'm Marrying a Mama's Boy. And it's like, oh, they should have been on that show. Can you give me a break so I can yeah. go vomit? <laughs> you don't have your bucket? <laughs> don't you know what, what we're talking about? Oh, my God. The Learning Channel. I married a mama's boy? Yeah. Are you serious? No. You didn't see that, that commercial 10 times? They also mentioned the 90-day universe. So... It's a universe, Sean. We're in a oh, universe. It's, it's it's the Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we took the wrong color pill, and now we're in Dinwiddie. Um, yeah, that Mama's Boy show, there was a minute where I was like, maybe we should be watching that. And it's like, we don't have the fortitude. And I'm, I'm okay with that. We can't handle it. It's okay. Here we are in Dinwiddie talking about them staying in separate rooms. So his dad called him out on the fact that Brandon has not told Julia that they are absolutely living with his parents and that they will be staying in separate rooms until they're married. His dad's like, you didn't tell her that? Like, so she's just going to get here? And Brandon's like, yep. In which we discover that he is already walking on eggshells around her. I think his mom says, oh, you have a big boy room now. Because they're like moving out all of his childhood furniture. Creepy. Well, okay, so Betty and Ron, they're farm people. They're pragmatic about penis and vagina business. So she jumps all over Brandon about what kind of protection that they're using. We find out none. She is not on any kind of pill or IUD. And he doesn't want to wear condoms because it's not as fun. So much (laughs) like Diamond Fox and Anne. Well, actually, no. Are we Diamond That's, Fox and Ben in this situation? No, no. I think I still think that like asking if the girlfriend is on birth control is like that still really isn't the place. But yeah. the thing is, he is living at home. Mm-hmm. If he weren't living at home, it would be a completely different thing. I would have said that his mother would have been out of line and she needs to take a step back. Yeah. It is still somewhat none of her business. But for him to respond with what is essentially, I love barebacking mm-hmm. my Russian go-go dancer girlfriend. She's not on birth control. 
I'm not using condoms, and we like it that way. Mm -hmm. To say that to your mother on national TV. Mm -hmm. And she doesn't want to use any kind of birth control because she doesn't want to put those kind of chemicals in her body. So That's wild. Yeah, you know what really fucks with your equilibrium and all the chemicals in your body? Growing a human being inside of it, Julia. It's called pregnancy. That's right, honey. Oh, Julia. God, I do love her face, though. I really like her little face. I like how we always mix it up, too. I want to be in a fantasy world where Jovi and Julia are together. Because I would watch that show. That looks like a lot of fun. As I say, I don't know if Jovi could deal with Julia's moods, but it doesn't seem like... It seems like Yara might be a little more even-tempered, but I don't know. Well, yeah, so let's go to the next segment with Jovi and Yara. He goes over to his friend's house that have a baby, Sarah, and I guess his name was Klein and baby London to their like incredibly blandly decorated home. Well, okay, here's where I'm probably going to sound really judgy and whatever. But Sarah is talking about how she like they're really aggressively shit talking this whole thing, the marriage and everything. Yes. And she's telling the camera that she doesn't think that Jovi understands what an intense commitment marriage is. And I'm sorry, we're meeting Sarah, her boyfriend, and their baby. I think that actually a baby's a little bit more of a commitment than a marriage. I don't know. Anyway. You can kind of put, you can kind of like set a baby down <laughs> and just like walk away from it, right? That's true. You can get, there's like people all over that want babies. You just like, give it to Natalie. It's kind of like with my bird. It's like there's moments where I just put her in the cage and I just have to walk. I have to like take a walk. You could just put the baby in the baby cage and go cool off. (laughs) Let's go back to Woodstock, Georgia. (laughs) Shall we? Yes. Okay. Speaking of babies, we learned that Rebecca, 49, has three adult children. And this was the segment that you were talking about where we get to meet Tiffany and Micah, which is her, her youngest and her boyfriend, Micah. So Rebecca is planning on having her and Zayev live with Tiffany and Micah while they look for a place together. I think she said she had been looking, but like just nothing was working out. So they were just going to stay with them for a while. And then that's when Rebecca's... Which is strange. I don't know. Maybe she's moving out of her studio or one bedroom. I I, I don't I don't know. Well, she said she was doing it to save money because she sunk like tens of thousands of dollars into this whole visa process well it's just the fact that she's done this all before there's like no hope yeah because both her daughter and probably her daughter's boyfriend have done this whole thing with her before it's like okay great we're bringing in another man half your age that's already getting uppity about the environment in which she's going to be living for free yeah because there's an unmarried male living under the same roof. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of that in this show where it's like, you don't get to be choosy. I mean, come on, Apricot, her last marriage was completely different, Sean, because she got married there. And this time she's going to do it in America. <laughs> completely different. It's oh my completely God. different. That's I see a whole new side of, of Apricot. Thank you. <laughs> okay, back to Squim. Mike's getting a haircut. From the woman that he probably oh, should be honey. dating. No, no, no. We can't speed into this. Uh, this is a moment because the first thing I'm thinking of is like, where are their masks? It's so that's so strange yeah. that that was the first thing I thought of just by virtue of working in that environment this year. Yeah. 
I love this scene for so many reasons. Number one is that we get to see the woman behind <laughs> this hairstyle. <laughs> and two, the fact that she's willing to go on camera, essentially admitting to the fact that she is the woman behind this hairstyle. Hey, you know, once it walks out the door, there's nothing you can do about what they do to it. It's a fine haircut. It's it's at least blended she did that awesome thing that I love that they make hairdressers do where they have to pretend to cut hair while they chat. Her just going through the sections over and over. And it's like, I see you cross-checking, Jane. It's good. He can go. Yeah, this is where they're talking. And she's like, are you excited? And I just wrote that now she has that she has a visa. She seems back in love all of a sudden. This is where she's busting his balls of like, why aren't you more excited? Are you excited for me to come out? And everything's going to be great. And he's just like... Yeah, I'm feeling a lot of things. And then Natalie starts talking shit about Uncle Bo all of a sudden. Like, she's known about Uncle Bo this whole time. I loved that. I did catch um, in the first segment with Mike, he mentioned just very offhandedly that, like, Uncle Bo was living in the house. I'm like, oh, good. He moved out of the barn. Natalie's all like, you know, I will not live in the house with a stranger. It's not a stranger, it's Uncle Bo. I like that idea that he moved Bo from like a shack out in the yard. It's like, all right, Bo, you can come in the house now. Come out of the barn, Uncle Bo. He's a family member. Mm-hmm. Didn't Mike come to Ukraine and stay with you and your mother? I mm-hmm. realize that's a much different relationship, but it is. he still came and lived with you and a family member. There's not that much difference. Yeah. What's going on in her mind it's tough to follow and it's tough to watch. I think it in on another episode, I was like, how did she, why is she single? She's Ukrainian Lara Croft. And it's like, yeah, because she's freaking crazy pants and impossible to deal with. Yeah, Mike is basically like, I'm not kicking out Uncle Bo. Deal with it. And she, she says, you're joking, yes? And he's like, no. Ugh, yay, Mike. Mike is one of the like few likable people. I think we had three people that we didn't hate from last season. For me, he was definitely one. She loves to make things difficult and she loves to fault find. Mm-hmm. And she loves to she loves to fault find so much that I think she's willing to create imaginary scenarios just so she can point a finger at somebody else. It's just like, ugh. yeah. I think that there's some people too that for them love means sacrifice and discomfort. How far backwards are you willing to bend for me? I she needs constant demonstrations from him. It's just yeah. tiresome. And then they they promise to at least be nice to each other. And Mike's like, yeah, I can do that. I just love how Mike's dealing with her. Even how that subject is broached. It's yeah. like, are you going to be nice to me? If you have to say that, even as a joke, yeah, something's up. Like something's rotten. Something stinks. It's over. I think Mike is kind of one of those people. And I get it where it's like, once you're done, you're done. And I think you see him die a little bit inside when she says her visa came through because he just wants to be free of it. He's probably tired of being followed around by a film crew. He just wants to crack open a cold one with his kitty cat and Uncle Bo next to the Blue Lagoon on the Christmas tree farm. Don't we all? Yes. (laughs) It is five o'clock somewhere, isn't it? Yeah, on the Olympic Peninsula. Poor Mike. I just want to hug him. Don't you just want to take him to Poolsbo and go to, go get some taco time? <laughs> hey, look at you throwing around your Pacific Northwest references. You ready? To, speaking of going places, back to Dinwiddie. Back to that boyishly boyish scamp. Yeah. 
27. I ke- I kept having to like look at it and remind myself that Brandon is 27. I wonder if he's going to be one of those people that just looks like he's 12 until he's like 50. And then he just kind of looks like a cute little old man. So they embark upon the two and a half hour drive to the airport, I think in DC. And he's like, well, this isn't how I imagined picking Julia up from the airport, but I guess it's how my mom imagined. Oh God. And this is the fun scene so because we're doing this like in real time, I, I got to like go into the Facebook groups and see what people were saying. And everyone was losing their mind about this scene where Brandon plays on his switch while Betty is on the phone with a motherfucking OBGYN <laughs> booking a consultation for her son's Ukrainian girlfriend. And I love it because he doesn't take the bait at all. He even says it. He's like, I realize what this is. And like, I'm not, he he doesn't engage her at all. And I love it. And then she even says something like little boy playing little games. And oh, it's like, God. Nope, nope, not doing it. Does that seem to be the consensus? Or is that a hot take? Betty is the kind of overbearing that with just a push in the wrong direction, you end up with a serial killer as a son. Yeah. You know what? It's a two and a half hour drive. Let him fuck around on his Animal Crossing Island. That was just unnecessary to demean your kid like that on uh, while they're being filmed. Betty, dick move. Way to be a dick, Betty. She is a handful. <laughs> Speaking of dicks, yeah, Betty is a handful. Betty, you handful of dicks. <laughs> She's it's just a big, fat handful of dick. <laughs> <laughs> um, Way to go. She's just nothing but girth. It's like a tuna can down there, Betty. Betty and Rana both met Juliet, and they talk about how she's a bit volatile. It sounds like Juliet had some kind of really intense meltdown on their trip to France in front of everybody, which I want to see and maybe I'll get to someday, knowing the Learning Channel. Aren't you glad that they're providing us with this educational content? I have learned. So much. Mm. Oh, yeah. And that's when I wrote, hashtag, I love a mama's boy indeed. Because the whole time I'm watching this show, in the corner, there's the like little promo thing. For hashtag I love a mama's boy, their other show that I'm not watching and I would never ask you to pump up the Zydeco music because we're going back to Nolens with Jovi and Yara. Let's do it. So he's already picking Yara up from the airport and she's from the Tanya school of airport pickup. She's like, don't even show up without some flowers. Yara looks, she's another real doll. She kind of looks almost more like a Bratz doll. She's got the blonde hair down to her ass. Uh He says she's high maintenance. I don't know about that. It looks like she hasn't had her roots done for at least a year, year and a half. Mm-hmm. Honey, it's like, that's not a balayage. That ain't ombre at that point. That's yeah, not, That's not an ombre. Those are roots. I have such a visual reaction when I see hair that long. Part of me is like, all right, like, that's definitely a statement. And it's definitely an accomplishment. But you're also dragging around dead tissue hanging off of your body that is like a decade old. Okay, I'm gonna go vomit now. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, those are the two sort of like... <laughs> that, that's the ambivalence that I feel when I, I see hair down to the buttocks. If you wear it all the way down, like, let's say you're getting, like, sitting down at the airport, are you just, like, mm-hmm. sitting on your hair all the time? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Gross! Mm-hmm. You've got, like, butt hair. Yeah, and that's my thought, too, is it's like, if I had hair like that, if I was traveling, it would be braided and up. Because I don't need detritus from this and that flight. And she does, oh, the shade for the flight he booked her. Oh, man. 
why a 30-hour flight? But I do like that she at least seems aware of his shit and can and throw it back in his face. Mm-hmm. Like, she's not a shrinking violet and she's not, like, enduring this shit. She's able to kind of stand up for herself. So, like, this yeah. is going to blow up spectacularly. And not to generalize too broadly, but from our experience of watching the show, these Ukrainian women... Do not take shit, at least. They know what's up and where they stand, even if in Natalie's case, it's completely bizarre and, and not real. <laughs> yeah, what what do you have against the ancient aliens? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, Mike, I love you. Oh, yeah, so she, she shows up after her 30-hour transcontinental circum- circumnavigating the globe three times flight. And fucking Jovi, here's the the dark side of being around a Jovi. Doesn't give a fuck. She's like, I have been flying for 30 hours. And he's Mm. like, yeah, let's go party. Let's go hit hit Bourbon Street. I want to show you. I'm super excited to show you New Orleans. Bitch, if you want to show her New Orleans, you book her the expensive short flight. Or why can't she see it tomorrow night? She even mentioned the exact, like, ticketed route. Yeah. That she could have taken. There was doubling back. Yeah, I would have lost my mind. I can't I can't double back. I just can't. And she says she's like, well, you booked this cheap flight. Now, Yara, if you want the fancy flight, maybe you could at least offer to pay the difference. But sell some of that hair. Give oh to God. the Magi that shit. I had like a 4am Southwest flight <laughs> that went from Denver to San Francisco to Burbank the morning after my bachelor party. And I just remember I just fell on the bed in my clothes because I was like, I'm going to have to get up in an hour and be on a super shuttle. Um, but the thing was, there was a ton of edibles that hadn't been consumed. And they were just like, it was like a pot of like a uh, caramels. Yeah. So I was just waiting for the super shuttle. and I was just popping the caramels and I was like, okay, great. And then I got to the gate. And by that point I couldn't form words. <laughs> I found my seat. And I think the only way to do these like connecting flights and whatnot is when you can just completely pass out and you don't yeah. even remember. You don't have to get off the plane. Yeah. And you, you don't remember anything that's happening. That's the only way to do it. But just flying in general. I mean, I've been seeing for years, just drug me, put me in a container, drug me with something else to wake me up when I get there. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to sit next to people. I don't want people's hair over the seat. I don't want to see people's feet. I don't want to smell people's feet. Like the whole thing is I, just dehumanizing. I don't want the kid in the seat in front of me either climbing over the seat and looking at me the entire time yeah. or my personal favorite reclining the seat all the way back. Yeah. Actually, when I was obese, that was worse because that meant I had no area to do anything. Yeah. It's still a dick move on an airplane to do that. Yeah. Well, these are problems we don't have right now, right? Yeah, I was about to say, wow. It's like it's like talking about the fucking organ trail at this point. <laughs> Back to Yara and Jovi. She's kind of jasmining out at the airport. But again, she's been flying for 30 hours. There's hair everywhere. I see someone who's exhausted who's just trying to exclaim what they need in that moment. And I think in that moment, after 30 hours of being in the air, she's just exhausted and she's trying to communicate what she needs. And that's the dark side of Jovi is that yes. he doesn't he doesn't see it or he doesn't recognize it or both. 
Yeah, exactly. That was that was the moment where I was also thinking like, I don't know if he's capable of processing that other people have needs and deserve those needs to be honored and respected. Because she's saying over and over again, I feel disgusting. I mean, I can't even imagine, (laughs) you know, because it's that thing when you fly to where you feel dehydrated yet greasy. And then with all that hair. Yeah, she probably felt terrible. Her yoga pants were just a swamp. Oh my god, I was gonna say that that butt crack would be a war zone <laughs> for anyone. So I think she starts fucking with him because they're talking about um they're asking her what she likes about him. She had to really think about it a lot longer than one might think one should need to. Yes. Yes, she did. And she said, You have a good body. Not now, but before. <laughs> Zing Yara. So the interesting thing is that the rumor about this season that I read online is that apparently this season contains an infidelity that has never been seen on <gasps> this show before. Ooh. You think Jovi gets a um, strip club BJ or something? Well, I mean, we could be surprised. It could be one of the other couples. But for some reason, yeah. I, I just I feel like that's specifically directed at the two of them. Like hmm. something, something super amiss. Well, yeah, because that we kind of end the episode on a very uncomfortably stinkily vibed Uber ride with Jovi and Yara, where he over and over again is trying to pressure her to go out on the town. And she's just like, you need to fucking quit. And then we just flash forward to another speed bag barrage of clips of just everyone screaming and crying. (laughs) I cannot someone we don't know is crying in a detention center. Yeah, Yeah, I think we've got three more people to meet. I'm trying not to spoil things for myself too much. And then Natalie uh, jumping in the truck with, I I don't know who's behind the wheel of that truck, but... um, Uncle Bo. I have to say I am curious to watch everybody do this during Rona times. Yeah. Weird. I think, like, watching them traverse airports with masks on is going to make the two of us who, while we may not love airplanes, do love travel and airports. It'll kind of make us glad that we're not doing that. We'll get that next week. So any other thoughts about our premiere episode of season eight? It was the great, the great clips scene in Squim. Oh yeah, Jane. Jane. In the otherwise empty hair salon. Yeah, everyone on the internet very much wants Mike and Jane to just get together i would be okay with that i don't know jane probably has her own thing going on though there's probably so many mics and squim maybe jane's like really horny i think that's well i don't know only mrs doubtfire knows what mike really wants jane might be the only ancillary character we really got besides jovi's friends we didn't get like a strip mall lingerie sales lady yet or anything but here's hoping i'm sure we will and it looks like Another, it's going to be a fun ride. We're on the Betty Coaster. Here we go. Oh, God. Non-stop to Dinwiddie. The birth control coaster. <laughs> Here we go. God, that is so weird. It's like, you don't know me, but I already have designs on your vagina. Well, I mean, this show, there's a lot of that, right? Like, you know, people wanting babies in the ute, people not wanting babies in the ute. It's a lot of, a lot of reproductive talk. Yeah. Baby, but, baby. That's right, Amy Grant. Mm-hmm. Do you have um a scrunchie? <laughs> I know you have that. Do Do you have a Lana poem? We'll end on that. 
This piece is called What Happened When I Left You. Perfect petals punctuate the fabric's yellow-blue. Silver platters with strawberries strewn across the room. In Zimmerman with sandals on one summer dress to choose. Three girls, eyes rolled, loud laughter. Dust specks lit by afternoon. My life is sweet like lemonade, now there's no bitter fruit. Eternal sunshine of the spotless mind, no thought of you. My thoughts have changed, my voice is higher, now I'm over you. No flickering in my head movies, projected in Bellevue. Because I captured the mood of my wish fulfilled and sailed to Xanadu. The grief that came in waves that rolled I navigated through. The fire from my wish as wind to a future trip to Malibu. Now everything I have is perfect. Nothing much to do. Just perfect florals. Green embroidered chairs. One dress to choose. Thanks, Lana. And thank you, Sean. And thanks to everyone who's listening Malibu, to this. Malibu, baby! That's right, Malibu. <laughs> and Dinwiddie. And Dinwiddie. See you in Dinwiddie next week. Bye, love. Bye, love. <laughs>